Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for this episode, wherever in the world you're listening to us from, whatever platform you are listening to us on. Thank you guys so much for the support. Thanks for the kind messages. Thanks for sharing this around. And just thank you in general for all the discussion that you guys leave on our social media and sharing posts and all that. It's been great and and always a lot of fun to kind of see that and see this show continue to grow. Now, this episode is a topic I've I've touched on in in previous episodes way back when I first started this podcast, and I think that it's really fun to spend time to highlight uh, our smaller schools and perhaps our schools that may not get a lot of, of recognition just because of their population, but are still doing really awesome things, still having great programs and still seeing success both on and off the court. So I know that some of you listening are at smaller programs are looking to potentially get that first or next head coaching job that may, might be at a smaller school. Um, and some of you I know may have had previous experiences working at smaller schools, and this might be a kind of reflection or a little bit of nostalgia for you to kind of think back on that uh, as, as we get through today's episode here. So our topic is going to kind of be about small schools being successful on the court, off the court. And uh, we'll talk to our guest about what it is that, that that they do to to make the most of every single person they got at their school to both uh, see success when they're playing and and also uh, away from the court as well. So I'm joined today by uh, Coach Bradley Sutpin, who's the coach at Narrows High School. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm well, Coach. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Coach, let's go ahead and get started with you. Uh, what what about your journey with the game, with coaching? What is the steps that kind of got you to uh, where you're at right now at Narrows? Absolutely. Um, so this is my um, third, it's my 16th year overall teaching, and it's going to be my 14th year coaching, uh, coaching basketball. I also coach uh, football. I've coached football for, uh, shoot, uh, uh, 10, 10 or 11 years, um, and I coached with some great guys there. And, and, and in basketball-wise, I've uh, coached girls um, for – I'm trying to go back through and look at how many years I've coached girls. <laughs> I've, uh, so out of the 13 years – or the 14 years, I've coached boys. I coached boys my first three years. I did JV boys basketball my first three years of coaching and, and learned a lot. And then I have been a head coach. I was a head coach at um, four years for Georgia with high or at Georgia with high school in with County or Withville, Virginia. Um, I was an assistant coach my first year at Pulaski County high school. And then um, my second year there, I didn't coach um, basketball. My wife and I were in the middle of moving um, to her hometown, which is actually where I'm at now, but I drove back and forth, which is about a 30-minute drive. And the last uh, four years I was over there, I was the head girls coach. Um, and then uh, right when COVID hit, like right after COVID hit, I made the move over here um, to Narrows High School, where I'm at now, and I've been there the last three years. Um, and really enjoyed my time trying to build something special with some great kids and a great community. Um and, you know, that's kind of who I am. Uh, I guess, um, 
you know, accomplishment wise, uh, if you want to talk about that, when I was at Pulaski um, in 2019, we were state runner up, took a bunch of kids that were freshmen and uh, sophomores and a handful of juniors and a couple of seniors and went on an impressive run and got to the state championship and ran up a team, ran up against a team that was just physically and fundamentally just better than we were uh no bones about it and we got our butts kicked in it but had a unbelievable time um kind of really so solidified some things that i my thought process on some some coaching philosophies that we had changed and and some things there and and really got some results out of that and and kind of shaped the way i coach going forward and then the year after that so the year that covid hit which is 2020 we were state quarter finalists we were our Region D champions. Um, we were uh, we were undefeated in our district, which in our district that I was at in Pulaski was like one of the tougher mm-hmm. girls' districts in the state of Virginia. I, I feel like in 4A, and we were 12 and 0 in the regular season, um, beat some really good teams, and then um, you know obviously with the victors go the spoils. You know I was fortunate enough to win um, coach of the year in our district oh, and then Region oh, coach oh. of the years. So, uh, you know, but it's like I tell people all the time, you know, those awards don't happen if you don't have great kids. And there's a <laughs> lot of coaches that will agree the same thing. Um, yep. But that, that's kind of my journey up to now. Awesome, Coach. And I know we just talked about it a little bit off the air, but but for our listeners here, give us kind of the the lay of the land of Narrows High School, kind of the demographics, where you guys are at, and uh, kind of the population you got going on over there. Absolutely. So we are a small town uh, located pretty much on the New River. Uh, New River runs right through the middle of town pretty much. Uh, and there's about 2,000, a little over 2,000 people in our, in our town. Um, our high school is a small high school. We have just under 300 kids, 8th grade through 12th grade. Um, and, you know, uh, like I told you off the air, you know, it's, it's just an amazing community. It's a tight-knit community. Um, it's one of those communities where, you know, at the drop of a hat, you're going to have people to help you out. You're going to have people to, you know, be there and support you. Um, and, and we have a tremendous sense of like our, our community calls green wave pride. Um, and, and our, our community and our kids and our school, they really buy into that mm-hmm. and they really embrace the small school and the, and the, and the love for each other. And, and it's just a, an, an amazing place to be a part of. I've, I've, so a little backstory even more is um, my wife's family is, my wife is from Narrows. So her whole mm-hmm. family's from here. Um, the gym we play in is actually named after her grandfather. Oh, wow. um, so there, so there's a little bit of a, you know, I guess a staple in the community here. And, you know, when we moved over here after my first year at Pulaski as an assistant, um, you know, we moved over here and we've been over here ever since, but I've always been envious of their pride and how much, you know, they get behind their kids here. Um, and, and just how much the kids are, are, are just wonderful kids. And that's not saying anywhere else I was at before our kids wasn't, weren't good kids. Of course, um, of course, you know, yeah. I've always had, you know, always had great kids wherever I've been, but, um, it's just a little different. And there's a lot of people that they're at small schools. They could probably attest to what I'm saying, you know, um, that that it's just a it's a whole different sense of 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 belonging when you're in places like that. 
And I think that that's one of just the unique, uh, just just advantages or opportunities that come with being at such a small school. In in my experience, talking to coaches who have been at them, and I'm sure you can attest to that, is that you get a community feel. You get this this sense of you know everybody kind of rallies around the school that you might not necessarily get at a larger, bigger campus. Absolutely. Um, you know, I remember I was at uh, I was still at my old school when the volleyball team over here went to the state championship. And like it was a running joke, last one out of town, cut the lights off. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it literally and it was literally like that. Like I remember it. I mean, vividly that, you know, and I wasn't even a part of it. I was just living over here. You know, my kids were in school over here. My wife was teaching over here. But like, um, you know, it, that's basically what it was. It was like last one out, turn the lights off. And you know, and, and I've had that at other places, you know, the, the, the school that I was at, uh, George with my first head coaching job, uh, you know, I was also a football coach and we were fortunate enough to win a state championship. And I remember, you know, and I told a couple of kids that day, you know, when they opened the doors at the football stadium, I was like, take it in. I was like, because this is something you're never going to forget that your whole community is here to support you. And when they open up the door and the whole home side of the football stadiums and nothing but maroon and, and, you know, they're cheering for you, like, that sense of community is just something that, you know, it's small places like that. It's just, it's unbelievable to when they rally behind you and it's just, a, it's an unbelievable experience, honestly. Yeah, no, that, that that's awesome. No, that, that's great. Um, as we all know, if you, if you're working at a, a small school and, and with a, with a smaller population, there are going to be <laughs> some unique, um, some may call them disadvantages. Some may, may call them just challenges that, that, that have to uh, be overcome. So I was just curious in your, your experiences what what have been some of the um maybe challenges that kind of come with having such a small school that that you've kind of experienced and then also of course how have you kind of worked to kind of overcome them or maybe try and take those you know disadvantages and kind of flip them on their head and make them advantages for you absolutely um so that i mean that is something you know here we share you know with less than 300 kids in our school we share athletes in every sport we have yeah um so i share like on my team right now on our on our team excuse me on our team right now we have um we have 13 kids and i'm wanting to say out of the 13 i'd have to look at my roster uh at least 8 of them played volleyball and in our whole program, um, there may be five kids, middle school, JV, and varsity kids that don't play volleyball. Um, and, you know, and it's not one of those things that, you know, I don't encourage the volleyball coach and I have. We have a great working relationship. Mm -hmm. um, we, we run the weight room in the summer for the girls, uh, all girls, all all girls sports. Um, and, you know, and it's it is sometimes it's a disadvantage. You know, you get a little selfish at times. But then, you know, you have to remind yourself, like, for us to be successful, this is what has to happen. You know, if if our volleyball coach only wants volleyball kids, you know, it's going to be a struggle for me because I'm going to lose a lot of good athletes or vice versa. You know, yep. she's going to lose a lot of – and I don't want to do that to kids because, you know, I was a I was a kid that played all three – I played three sports in high school. I was football, basketball, and baseball. And, you know, nowadays in the, in the, uh, the, the mentality of you have to specialize and stuff like that, like it's just – that we take it away from kids being a kid. And, and I think there's so much more they can learn um, playing multiple sports. You learn how to deal with multiple people and how to deal with different coaches. And, and you learn a lot of life lessons from that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so our, our, our whole process is, and this is what we do as our basketball program. So we start in the weight room about May 
Um, we really pick it up in June and July. We go from eight to 10, um, eight to 10, 1030. And then, so throughout June, we do pretty much all basketball. Like, so all the girls that play basketball, we're in the gym, we're doing basketball workouts or we're going to team camps. And then in July we switch and they, if you play volleyball, you do volleyball and I'll take the handful that do basketball. And if they want to come in and work, they can come in and work. And same thing with the volleyball kids. You know, we don't, you know, the girls that play basketball and volleyball, we don't tell them to not come to basketball workouts, but we just got, we kind of switch our focuses, I guess, between the months is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 Um, and it makes a big difference. Like, you know, the, the, the volleyball coach and she, you know, she's great to work with. Like I said, I get the whole month of June with my kids and she doesn't do, um, she does minimal volleyball stuff, you know, and then, and then we just basically switch it in July. Um, and it's worked really good. Uh, the kids work really hard um, when they come in and, and, and it, it kind of helps, you know, build that strong foundation for all of our girls programs. So, with that being said, because you you are you're, you're sharing athletes like you mentioned uh, with volleyball in particular, and so you might have that feeling sometimes. I think you mentioned where you know you want them a little bit more. You wish you had more time with them to work on certain things. So I know that that kind of creates um, a situation for you in particular where you want to make sure that when you have your girls, that you are making the most out of the time that you have with them because they are going to you know go to their other sports in the off season and things like that. So I'm curious about what you emphasize or what you do during those though those off-season workouts or what you're doing in the summer to kind of maximize the time that you have with them are, are there any certain like skills in particular you hammer in and focus on what what is kind of your points of emphasis during that off-season time yeah absolutely so we hammer a lot of fundamentals in our off-season workout like things that you know we and we we hammer them probably a lot more just because we don't have, we have them in that shorter time frame. Yep. Um, and we, we do a lot more specific things. Like we break down, um, we really break down shooting technique and talk about, you know, with the flat platform, getting a good platform to shoot off of, you know, keeping your other guy hands flat, not, not getting it turned. Um, you know, we really, really focus on breaking down some fundamental stuff. We do, we try to do a lot of movement based, like basketball movement-based workouts. So, you know, whether it's two-on-zeros, two-on-twos, three-on-zeros, three-on-threes, whatever, um, and just kind of be intentional with, like, teaching movements. Because, you know, when you share a lot of that, we don't have a lot of kids that play basketball in the offseason um, that do a lot of the travel stuff. And, and then, you know, that's fine. Like, that's not a big issue. But mm. with that comes sometimes a, a – uh, I don't want to say a lack, but your basketball IQ isn't as high as other people's can be. So we really try to focus on building that IQ in the offseason um, and really try, like I said, hammer the fundamentals. So that way when we get in season, like we can hit the ground running a lot in practice um, and not have to spend 30 minutes every day working on just a ball handling or passing fundamentals. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how I guess we, we really – focus our workouts in the off season. And I forgot to, uh, I forgot to ask this before this was on, on my format and I completely skipped this yeah. together, but I'm going to, I'm going to skip this in here now or slip this in here. Now I, I know that you're uh, a big man to man person as well. And so I'm sure that there's probably fundamental principles or things that you're instilling and working on uh, when you are with your girls about man to man defense and, and making sure that the principles are in place there. So 
um, let me let me go back to that question about what what is yeah. it that that you work on and what is it that you teach your players when you're when you're when you're do, implementing your man to man that you think um, they they really need to know and that you really emphasize so that they you guys can get the most out of your man to man. Yeah, so a couple things, and you know, this is this is actually something from Gino Oriema, and I'm sure a lot of coaches have stolen this from him. But the one thing we talk about is energy and effort. You know, we don't get beat at energy and effort. Like, and 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 we don't coach energy and effort. Like, I and I tell our kids all the time, like, I can't coach your energy and I can't coach your effort. You know, um, that's on you. You know, that's something you have to bring every day. Um, we uh, we talk we we rep defense every day in some some shape or form. Other days we do it longer. Like we'll break it down to wing deny or front cut deny, or we'll work on two on two rotation or four versus three help side rotation, and uh, or we'll shell. Like yesterday we didn't do uh, so we had a shorter practice, so we didn't really break down defense. We did defensive cutthroat for thirty minutes, um, or well shell man to man cutthroat drill. Uh, for 30 minutes and really focused on intensity. We really talk about communication, which, you know, everybody talks about communication with man to man. Um, But, you know, we talk about it. Some people talk about it and it's an important factor to really emphasize it for us. Mm -hmm. And, and then we talk about, it's a non-negotiable in our program. If you can't play defense in our program, you're going to have a really hard time getting on the floor. Um, And that's just part of it. Uh, you know, and, and I always use the phrase, if you can score 20 and your man scores 20, you're, you know, you've canceled each other out. You know, you're, yeah, so we're yeah. playing four on four, essentially, you know. So it's, it's just something we harp on. We really, you know, we, we really um, emphasize it. You know, in practice, I get really excited when we um, make a good defensive play. In games, I get really excited. Um, and I think our kids feed off that. When, you know, when you show that excitement about how much, a man-to-man play, even if it's, you know, rotating on a good rotation and then ball gets on the floor and you dive on the floor and get the ball back, like just being extra excited about that. I think our kids take pride in that. Uh, and and they really um, they really have enjoyed that. Or they, they really take it to heart when you get excited about it. Oh, yeah, the things that you get excited about as a coach, they're like, oh, okay, like I can clear – this clearly shows this is a big deal. When coaches, you know, jumping oh, yeah. out of his chair and – clapping and screaming and excited about it yeah that that's a good way to absolutely. bring that energy um absolutely well and i'll tell you what's, what's funny about that question is yes i am a giant i love man to man like if we can play man to man all the time i would we've actually played more zone in our first four games here than we have in our previous two years um but it's a matchup zone so we play a lot like syracuse's two three matchup zone um, so there's a lot of man-to-man principles in it but our kids i don't know what it is and it's not like we don't play man-to-man well it's we've done a really good job of playing matchup zone and keeping people out of the paint and forcing people to shoot jump shots. And we're a little undersized compared to a lot of people we play. I don't think I, we don't have a kid. We, I think we've got a, we've got a sophomore who's she's pushing six foot on a good day where she stretch. Um, but outside of that, man, I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have, I'm not blessed with six foot or higher across my lines or across our lines and things like that. So, you know, we've been a little bit more uh, zone here lately, but like I said, it's a matchup and our kids have really thrived at it lately. And it's kind of hard at times when you're just really clamping on people to be like, all right, let's change it up and play man right here. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and like today, the team we'll play today, they've got a six, three uh, post player that it's going to be a tough matchup for us. So, 
you know, we'll probably be back and forth between man and zone. But um, any zones we play, we we use matchup principles or we use man principles. Exactly. You can't um, you can't play you zone know. unless you know man, right? <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you, I've, I've watched teams play zone and they don't play with man principles, and you can just carve them to pieces. Um, and when you play with man principles and, and you really, really focus on your man principles in your zones, you know, it, it's, it's essentially like we were talking about it today during walkthroughs, like, you know, when you got the ball in certain places, it's literally nothing more than shell drill is all it is, the way we're trying to play our zone. You know, balls in the corner, you know, you got somebody on the ball, somebody covering the post, somebody covering the wing, and then your other two people in your zone are slid to the helpline. So you're, and that's what we pointed mm-hmm. out. You know, I look at you. You're in shell drill. If we throw the ball out to the corner, we're in shell drill right now. You know, so and the kids understand that. And I think it's 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 our focus on man to man every day really helps our zone work. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, no. A hundred percent. And I wanted to to ask as a quick follow up for for that about communication. And I think that uh, so many coaches are huge on on communication and and really emphasize on defense the the ability to communicate it's incredibly important but i think most coaches and pretty much every coach i've talked to always talks about how their players don't communicate enough and they're they're not talking enough on defense so what do you what are there things that you you emphasize or things that you put in or things that you've taught that have that have been used to kind of increase that level of communication on defense yeah so you know that's one thing and we're, we're we're the exact same like, don't, when I talk about communication, don't think you're going to come in our gym and practice and we're going to be as loud in the whole gym as anything and you can't hear anything as we're talking. Like, we don't do that, like, all the time. I wish we would do a better job at it sometimes. But, so, like, yesterday in Cutthroat, one of our things was if you don't communicate on defense, you get kicked off of the defense and the offense comes on defense, if you know how Cutthroat works. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and and so like there were several times like as soon as the play started, I hit the whistle and it was like, all right, you're off, no communication. You know, and and they kind of start seeing it in their minds and start understanding. Okay, this is what he really means, and that's what I told him. Like, I don't need you screaming and loud. Like, I just need you to communicate to each other. Like, if there's a screen coming, or if there's somebody in the high post, or if there's somebody, you know, you you just got to be able to create or communicate with each other. Like, nothing makes me more mad than watch us get hammered on a ball screen. Um, And I'm like, you know, that's laziness out of you running up there. Like, and we teach hedge the ball screen. So we teach for, you know, we want to match the high side foot with our inside foot and really push the guard up the floor um, on the pick and roll so we can, you know, get out there. Um, And when we we get a guard hammered on a ball screen, I, I will lose my stuff. Because it's like, man, if you've never been hit with a ball screen not knowing it's coming, Oof. it rattles you. And it rattles you. And that's what I, we talk to our kids about. And that's what I tell our post, like, if, or tell anybody. I'm like, if you go up there and set a ball screen and you don't yell it out, we get rattled. I was like, next time I'm going to have somebody just rattle you on a screen real hard because it's not fun. Um, and, and, you know, we just we, – we try to put an emphasis. Like, I, I, I try not to – I try to teach and practice a lot more than I scream and yell. Uh, now the girls will probably disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I try to use teaching points and, you know, so, um, you know, when we talk about like, I'll blow the whistle and stop and I'll be like, listen, like you're not communicating at all. I got one person communicating, you know, do better or we're going to fix it ourselves. Like, you know, we're, we're just going to, you know, run or we'll figure out something to do that you hate to do. And, you know, and, and really emphasize that. And it's just something we harp on every day. And I've got assistants that they're standing on the baseline or they're wherever on the floor talking about communicate, communicate, communicate. 
Um, and, you know, there's just things like that. We're just trying to be really intentional with our communication. Yeah, it's I think it's got to be a point of emphasis that you're that you're always you can't let up on it. I think I think it's one of those things that it's got to be if, if, if you really want to be a good defensive communicating team. And I agree with you, you know, our, our girls aren't, aren't, aren't perfect by any means at all. But I think if it's something that you continually emphasize and, and, and bring up every single practice and every single day, you'll, you'll see the success. And if you let off on it, I think if I let off on it, you know, one day in practice, all of a sudden that communication, I don't know about you, coach, it would just drop. Oh. So, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Oh, the, the minute you don't emphasize it or talk about it, it stops. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's not a, and it's not a, not a, it's not a they don't want to thing. It's just no. a, you know, there's there's so many things going on that communicating is the last thing they're thinking about sometimes. Yep. And, yep. and, you know, and then that's the thing is getting their brains and their mouths to work. You know, we all, you know, and everybody, every coach that has ever coached basketball has probably made the statement, you know, if we're sitting there shooting around or whatever, we will laugh and joke and talk and, and you know, and talk with each other. And then as soon as you get into defensive shell drill, we stop talking. And, you know, I'm sure every coach has experienced that at some point. And that's one thing we talk about. I'm like, if I let you guys just stand here and shoot, I was like, you will not stop talking. I was like, but the minute I put you in shell drill, you just go mute. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, we just can't have it. And like you said, it's just something that you got to emphasize every day. Um, you know, and you expect it. Like you you emphasize it every day and you expect it. And your, your kids will, you know, they'll start picking up on that. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, go, going back to the topic at hand here, I want, I want to ask about kind of the, the, the program building aspect of things and, and how you kind of build excitement with your program and, and kind of what gets your girls kind of excited, amped up and, and, and really like fired up for, for ready to play the game and, and, and just in general bringing the excitement to your program or what kind of goes into that? So I, I'll be honest with you, and, and I know a lot of coaches are like this, and, and, and what we do is nothing different. I'm sure there's a hundred other programs that are similar to what we do and everything like that, but our program is 100% about our kids. Like we, and we make it an emphasis. It is about our kids. Like I, and I, I don't use me. I don't use my, I don't use I. Um, when I talk about ours, if I do, uh, it's, it's a total mistake because I, I it, it is not about me at all. And like I said earlier, you know, I, I don't have two coach of the year awards unless I don't have great, great kids those years. And, and, you know, and that's what I tell our kids, like, this is your program. Take ownership in your program. Like, be excited for your program. This is yours. Like, it's not mine. I'm just here to keep everybody steered in the right direction. Um, you know, and, and like we, we use social media uh, a lot. Um the, my old assistant uh, did an outstanding job of really pushing social media. So I've had to really take that on uh, and, and learning how to use social media and, and just letting your kids know that it, it, like you love them and it's 100% about them. Like when you do that and they know how much you care and they know how much you're trying to make your program um, mean to people, they take pride in that, you know, and I'll share a story with you right now. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we've had some, we've had some internal struggles, um, you know, after our game the other night that we won, I wasn't very happy with, but we won and, and we beat a county rival, which is a big game for us. Um, but I wasn't really happy with, I didn't think we played very well. And I wanted them to learn how to hold themselves to a higher standard. And, you know, after we, we had, we, like I said, we've had some internal, we had some internal struggles. So, you know, 
Um, I took away their practice uniforms. I took away their uh, – they just got new sweatshirts, like their new gear. I took their gear back from them, and I kicked them out of their team room. And I told them, I was like, you know, this is a pride thing. This is a program that, you know, we're trying to build something special here, and you've got to take pride in that. And and when you don't fulfill those expectations, like there's, there's you know, punishment for that. And, and to me – you know, there's a lot of people out there that'll put people on the line and just run them to get their point across. To me, I've learned that when you start taking things away, like it, it means a lot more and, and you get a better response. Um, you know, so like yesterday they came to practice and they were in their own practice gear. Like they had to bring their own shorts and a T-shirt. And I got with the football coach and he gave me some football pennies that were huge. And that's what we use as practice jerseys. Um, you know, because I want them to understand the pride that comes with putting that in on your chest in our program. There's a lot of people in this community that that back you up, um, that don't know you, and they back you because of what you wear or where you go to school. And, mm -hmm. you know, and when you don't fulfill that, like, that's a representation. Number one, it's a representation of me, and I've failed at some point as the head of the program. Um, so, you know, it, it's just trying to be really intentional with, um, you know, what we want in our program and the excitement we're trying to create for them. It's like, I, you know, it's like I tell them, I was like, you know, we're girls basketball. Everywhere everybody talks about, you know, it's girls basketball. Like, I don't believe that. Like, you know, you're important. You, yeah. I spend my time with you. Like I spend my time with you. I spend more time with you than I do my own family. Like I want you to take pride in what we're doing here. Um, and, and it, it, it's really good. Uh, like I said, they all went to team breakfast today, which is awesome. Uh, and I told them, I was like, that's part of, you know, getting over yourselves and, 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 you know, loving each other. And, and when you do things like that, special things happen. I've seen it. Uh, you know, we were state runner up one year and at mid season, you know, we had to have one of those lock the door in the rooms and a lot of tears and a lot of emotions and a lot of things were talked about and it fixed us. And, you know, and that's what I told our girls, like you have to be intentional with, you know, wanting to be around each other and wanting to do have success together. I was like, because these same people are going through the same struggle every day that you're going through. Mm. They're coming to practice every day. They're putting aside what's going on in their life for two hours to come get better and, and all work towards the same goal. Um, and it's, you know, and, I, and, and we treat our kids well. Like, we, we, you know, we do some fundraising and stuff like that, but, like, we take care of our kids. Like, I want our kids when they leave here to think, man, like, we were really taken care of in high school. You know, I'm really big on when we do have the locker room, I set those jerseys out. Like, I make it look nice. And I take pride in the presentation of, of wanting them to understand that, like, you know, this is something to be excited about. And and, and it's really good. Like, it, it's great. Uh, uh, and, you know, we talk about our young kids. We, we get our young kids involved. And we've, you know, uh, before I got here, it was all kind of separate. And now we're all one together. So, like, we just ordered – you know, sweatshirts for everybody in our program, our older kids, our JV and our varsity kids, they'll actually oh, get nice. a different, they'll get, they'll get a separate, like a crew neck and a hoodie. But all of our kids from our seniors to our seventh graders all get the same hoodie because we're all the same people. Like we're all in the same program, like those kids. And that's what I tell our older kids. Like you set an example for those younger kids because they're going to be you one day, you know, they're, they're watching you. They're going to be you. Um, you know, and, and we're starting to get some things in the right direction. You know, we've had, you know, we had a couple eighth graders come up and, and the excitement when they were approached about coming up was just, it was like, that's what told me we were turning a corner and building some excitement because there was a couple of them that we were talking about. And 
I said, you know, hey, we're going to come up. You guys are going to come up after you're done with middle school. I can't promise you you'll play, but, you know, it's an opportunity to practice and get better. And one girl, before I could even finish, was like, I'm coming. I was like, okay. <laughs> I something? was like, all right. I was like, that's, I was like, that, and that's what I want. You know, that's what we want. That's, that's what, that's the excitement that we want. Like we want kids to be excited um, for our program. And, and, and that's kind of how we do it. We're kind of, I guess, more a little, a little bit more intentional about creating excitement. And I think that it's such, whether you're in a small school or, or even a larger school, I think that there is a huge need to be really intentional. And I think in, in use that word, which I think is great, that intentional about building that excitement, because I'm sure as, as you know, and those listening know, uh, girls basketball is kind of, kind of struggling right now with, uh, with numbers and with participation. Oh, yeah. I feel like there, there's been a kind of a national decline in, in girls basketball. I've seen a lot of, you know, lower level uh, programs be canceled or a lot of teams not be able to have lower level programs. And I think that we really got to, as, as, as a girls basketball coach myself, you know, we really got to be intentional with making the sport exciting and making it fun for them and making, you know, being a part of something really meaningful to them because uh, we, we got to get those, we got to get those numbers up for girls basketball. That, that's for sure. Oh man. And we're seeing it here where we're at. Like there's a team that won a state championship a few years ago and as, as a very prominent program around here, they don't even have a varsity program this year. Oh, wow. And, really? And, yeah, they didn't even have a varsity program. There's two two teams in our district that didn't have varsity programs. They've got JV programs, but they don't have varsity. There's a couple programs that we play that don't have JV teams. Like it's it's a it's a serious decline and it's it's a it's a it's an issue like that needs to be fixed. And you know, that's kind of what that's what I told somebody. I was like, people don't really understand the magnitude and it's in any sport. It's not just basketball, but it's girls basketball right now here where we're at. It, it it's a it's a it can be devastating if you don't have a lower group. Um, if you don't have a JV group, like you know, you you look at all the a lot of kids now, and you think back on what they missed through COVID. You know, if yeah. you don't have a year of middle school or JV basketball, that's the same as not like the COVID year when you missed everything. And you know, it can be devastating if you're not careful, and it's hard to come back from um, because a lot of the times those kids aren't doing it outside of what you're doing. So if they miss a year and they're not playing travel or anything like that, like that's a year that that they don't get back and they miss a big year of, of fundamentals and everything. Yep. Yeah. It's uh it's it's just definitely a good reminder for us, especially on the girls basketball side for sure, to to just build that excitement. I think one of the things that that it sounds like what has been really meaningful to you and uh, I'll certainly let you talk about as well is really kind of streamlining things where that excitement, right? And that um investment in your program, it looks like there's been a lot of investment you you and your staff have made on, on the lower levels and really bringing them in so that they're they're ready to kind of join in and ready to be a part of the culture right away. Oh, absolutely. And, that, you know, that's I've learned that from some uh, – I'm in a – and I, I mentioned it to you. Like, I'm in a group chat with some great coaches. Like, mm -hmm. there's like and, – and we've had two or three different threads at times where people have retired and got out. But, like, the, it, it's – we got all got together during COVID. And a guy that I used to coach against when I was at Pulaski, like, started it up. He went to Georgia. So, like, we're in a group chat with – um, a handful of coaches out of Georgia, a couple coaches in Texas. I mean, a couple coaches in Virginia. And and a lot of the, the majority of them are girls coaches. There's one boys coach in there. I'm pretty sure there may be – no, there may be two or three boys coaches in there now. Um, 
but it's like we all just bounce ideas off of each other and and that's kind of where i got a lot of our stuff like our, my thought process from in being intentional with the younger groups because they are your future you've got your kids now but and they're going to be there because you know they've been there but like where you don't want to lose those kids from like fourth fifth sixth seventh up until 10th grade year because if you lose two kids each year you know your numbers are going to really really decline if you're not careful like Mm -hmm. for us especially like we just we're not blessed with you know i I talk to some people and they've got 40 kids coming for tryouts like i i don't even i barely got 40 kids in my whole program (laughs) you know (laughs) you know and they've got 40 kids trying out for a varsity team or whatever and it's not like boys you know you have a boys trial boys are going to try out like you're going to have enough to pick from for the most part but um you know it's you have to you have to make sure those younger kids know who you are um you know and that was the one thing like we we had um in the spring the last two years we've done um like kind of clinics weekly clinics so we do two nights a week and it was we had older kids coming but they were all in spring sports so they were in track or tennis or whatever so they they weren't there a lot of the times um, so I really focused on getting the young kids and it was like second grade. I can't remember. Was, uh, we may have did fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh, mm-hmm. uh, grades and eighth grades. I know we did eighth grade really focused on those grades right there to build that excitement with those kids. You know, we got them t-shirts and we were two nights a week and it was a free clinic. Like I think we charged them 20 bucks to start just to get a t-shirt. And that was literally what it was. It was 20 bucks to get a t-shirt. Um, and, and kind of helped us so we don't go broke, obviously, because, you know, we, everybody raises their own money and we're not blessed with it, obviously, but, you know, it it was, you know, getting those kids in our gear, like something with an N on it, something in our school colors. So they start feeling that sense of pride of what we're trying to do here and what we're, what we're wanting to build out of our program. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's something you have to do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a non-negotiable for you as a coach. And if you're not doing that, like you're going to, it's, it's going to be a struggle for you because kids aren't going to know who you are. Yeah. And you know, I, I, you don't want to be in a situation where, you know, you, you, you have, you know, new people who are coming in as freshmen. And it's like, you've, you've never met them before and you don't know them anymore. You don't know who they are and they come in the gym Absolutely. and it's like, Oh man, you feel like you're already way behind. Cause oh, you're yeah. at that point, right. You're, you're like, evaluating who they are you're scrambling trying to figure out their skill set whereas if you already know who they yep. are like you already kind of probably have thought what their place is going to be and kind of where they're going to all <clears throat> for you absolutely and that, that was kind of the thing so we had our eighth graders come they finished up their season last week on tuesday i think maybe no this past week on tuesday so their first day with for a handful of them was wednesday and they were all nervous and that's what they were talking about and you know and, and when we did our pre-practice meeting and all that was what we talked about was like, you know, make them feel welcome to, you know, I said it to the older kids and the kids that were already there, like make them feel welcome. Like they're where you're there. They are who you were. You know, some of you last year, some of you two years, three years, four years ago, that's you. And you remember how like intimidating that was to come to practice with, you know, the head coach, you know, and I grew up in an era where you head coach, like carried that mystique, like, that was the head coach, you know, and I'm sure you did too. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, you know, they, they, your head coach carried some reverence with them and like, you know, they, they, they were a big person in the community and like, it was intimidating to be around them sometimes. And, you know, when they talked to you or spoke to you, like you, 
it was like the president oh, talking wow, they're to talking you, you know? to me yeah. yeah oh wow they're talking to me and you know and, and i try to break that ice up front because i don't want them to feel like that because yeah. you know I, well, they're a part of our program now and i tell them like i'm yeah i'm loud I'm very loud and i worked in the gym you know i taught pe for 14 or uh 13 in my 14 year or 16 years so I, you know, I'm used to having to yell and carry my voice across the gym. I was like, don't think it is me yelling at you or, you know, anything like that. I was like, it's just who I am. And, and, and you know, they, they start falling in and they start understanding that, you know, we're, we, we expect certain things. And when that, with those expectations come, you know, when you don't do those things, I'm going to let you know about it. And if, you know, I may let you know in a way that is going to seem like I'm scolding you, but, it's the same, you know, old saying, listen to the message, not the, not the tone of the message. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So it, there's a message there, not the tone half the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when that get, well, that kind of goes back to, uh, you know, the point that we just talked about. I think if your, your players that are incoming, they already kind of know that about you, right? They already kind of have that understanding of, of who you're like and what your personality is like. It's like, oh, they, they already know. You know, by the, when 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 you're you know say something loudly to them, it's not like terrifying to them the first time. It might yeah. it might still be a little terrifying to them, but at least they know. Like, oh no, I've heard him speak before on his girls. I oh, that's just how coach talks. Yeah, absolutely. And and like and I try like I I try not to yell. I talk loudly. Um, I don't yeah. hear very well either. So I talk very loud. But like I and I tell my kids like I want you to know when you've reached that threshold for me that I'm mad. Um, you know, and they, and they, they're starting to learn, they've learned that the older kids know it, like they know, and, and you can hear them in practice, you know, start holding each other accountable a little bit with, you know, if something's not going well or mental focus is not there, you'll start hearing them, come on, we got to lock in, we got to focus. Then that's kind of, that's where you show that what you're preaching and what you're talking about is starting to rub off on them. Um, and, and it just kind of, it kind of flows throughout the program. Like they start mm -hmm. understanding, you know, but when I get mad and I raise my voice, you know that I'm to the point that I'm done looking at that. Like I'm done watching you make the same mistake or you make a mistake that we've talked about or we something we've worked on. Like you you know that's uh I don't know if you're a Smokey and the Bandit fan, but like Buford T Justice used to say, that's an attention getter. Like <laughs> I, I want I want I want to do something that gets your attention and you understand like, oh wow, okay this is what we've got to lock in and do. It's so funny because with, with me, it's, it's like the exact opposite where if I'm mad or I'm like upset, like I, I get really quiet and I, I get really yeah. almost like, and then they know that like, uh Oh, he's, he's, he's quiet right now. Like, that's not good. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that, that, that's kind of saves That's kind of saves my voice a little bit too. It's like, if I'm really loud and I'm really <laughs> up and I'm, yeah, I'm almost like yelling, like it's a, it's okay. Yeah. If I get yeah. quiet though, and then it's like I'm not even talking right now. Like I'm just biting my tongue at the moment. Then like, uh oh, uh oh, yeah. now we got to fix something. So, yeah, I think yeah. as long as your girls or your guys can pick up on it and they know when it's like, uh oh, this is he, he's not he's not in a good mood now, and they can correct that. But the, I think the big key, right, is the correction. Like once they can make that correction and, yeah. and recognize it, it's like okay. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, that's yep, kind of like I I I I do I want to correct it. Like I don't want to just scream at it and leave it. Like I want to get my point across and then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to correct what, mm -hmm. what our mistake was or what we're doing wrong there and why we, and I try to give an explanation of why, yeah, because kids nowadays want to know, they want to know why, yeah. you know, and it's not, it's not disrespect. It's today's kids. Like they want to know why, why are they doing that? Like anything else they do, they know why, 
you know, and, and when you're in practice, if you're not telling them why, you're going to struggle because they're just going to think, oh, well, it's just he's just yelling or they're just yelling. They don't know what, you know, it's not they don't know what they're doing. It's they just turn you off after a while. Mm hmm. 100%. We uh, touched on this a little bit, but I want to I want to give you some time to talk about uh, building uh, a great culture off the court. And, and what are the, some of the things that you and your staff do to kind of create that, you know, really awesome basketball experience for your girls that goes beyond just what happens on the court? Yeah, so we, we, um, and my assistant, uh, my JV coach now, she's, uh, we, we're sort of trying to do some community service projects. Uh, one thing that I, I've done at my last two schools, um, after every game or after every game, our home games, our girls go out and they clean the bleachers. Like we go out and pick up trash out of the bleachers. And, you know, a lot of people um, probably, you know, wonder why we make them do that. But it's a, for me, it's getting to understand that you're never above picking up trash, you know, and, and our schools are staffed by janitors who, who don't make money like teachers do, who work their tails off to keep our schools looking clean the least we can do is help them out and make their job a little bit easier you know our janitors that we have at our school are great they keep they do a good job keeping our school clean um you know and and i want them to understand that you know like again like i said you're never above picking up trash like it's never above you to pick up trash and the minute you think that like you need to refocus your mindset because you know, if, if it, 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 you know, and I like a, another quote I heard, it, it, pay, it costs nothing to be nice. Um, yeah. and, and that's what we talk about. Like, it costs nothing to be nice to each other. And, and, you know, I, I gave the girls a, a talk today. Like, one thing we talk about is like, enjoy each other, love each other, be around each other, because these are memories that you chase after you're out of high school. You don't get those memories back. Like, you don't get to be around those people anymore. And you don't get to have those times where you go through that with people and, and this and that. And, you know, we really focus on doing the right things in our program. Um, you know, I tell the kids every year, like your behavior in schools is, is a, a, an expect expectation. It's, it's really not an expectation. It's a must. Um, sure. Because we all know as teachers, if you get an email from a teacher, another teacher about one of your players, it's never so-and-so it's always your basketball player. Um, and, and like, and I get that, like teachers want coaches to handle that. And I love the fact that teachers email me if my kids have issues because I go straight to those kids and I talk mm -hmm. to them and I say, Hey, look like, you know, that's just not how we do things here. And, um, you know, like I said, we've got great kids too. Like I, I have minimal issues or anything like that, but they're still at times kids, you know? Um, and, um, it, it's just, you know, just harping on that all the time. And, and, and you know, uh, like I said, doing community service projects. And I told our kids, um, you know, I, I always, you know, like we said, we clean up after the games. But I told them, I was like, if you start paying attention, if you haven't noticed when you go out there, half the stuff's already picked up. Hmm. I was like, because, number one, your parents are seeing that. There's community members seeing that. And they're helping you now. I was like, if you want change, you got to be the change. And, you know, they – they're starting to see that and then they take pride in it. Like, so yesterday our boys played, like we had, like I said, we have this tournament. It's a boys and girls tournament. Yep. So the, we played Thursday, the boys played last night and then we all play today. But um, our girls, I looked up last night after the game and our girls were picking up trash out of the bleachers and filling up the trash cans that were in the bleachers and helping clean up. And like, as a coach, like that, that, that hits you. Like when you, That's when awesome. you know that, 
when you look and see, and you don't ask, like I didn't ask, I didn't expect them to do it after a boys game because, you know, I tell them that's after the girls games and we don't, you know, we clean up the big stuff and this and that. And, you know, to see them start picking up trash, like that's, that lets you know that like, Hey, they get it. They're understanding it. And, and it's all of them. It's not one or two of them. It's all of them going through the bleachers and picking up stuff. Yeah. And it, it's something that they've internalized, but they actually believe into the point where they'll do it. Even if like no one's watching them, like it just, that's just Absolutely. what they do. Right. And that sticks yeah. with them forever. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is like, I, and I don't, we don't see contention for it. Like I don't, you know, as a, as a, as the leader of the program, like, I don't say, look at us, you know, look at us. This is what we're doing. Like, <laughs> that's what I tell them. Like we, we, it's, a, it's a humility thing and, and we want to be humble and we want to, you know, just do, do things for others and do nice things for other people and, you know, and, and take care of our, our school and take pride in our school. Yeah, no, uh, that's great. I, I love that. Coach, what would you say to uh, maybe a, a new coach or maybe somebody who's who's looking to make a, a coaching change and, and and they have an option to maybe go at a small school environment? Maybe they're a little bit hesitant or they're, they're a little bit unsure, kind of on the fence about it. What would you tell us? What would you tell somebody who might be in that sort of situation? Um, get involved in the community. Get the community with you. Make it about make you know. Get your kids in, seen in the community. Um, you know, um, and, 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 and jump into the fact of that small school. Like if there's traditions, embrace those traditions. So we have a tradition and I tell mm -hmm. this funny story. So my first year here, we have, a, our, our school has a tradition where we pull up, we make the right and go up the hill to our school and the kids stand up on the bus and they sing the alma mater. And like, like I said, my wife's from here, you know, I, I've married into this, you know, this, this. Green Wave Pride, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, the first game we ever come back from, I didn't. We didn't sing a school song, and it wasn't. You know, and my mentality was like, we lost. I don't. You know, like we lost. You know, I, I don't care. Like, we lost. I, I, I really didn't care about a song at that time. I was so mad I didn't care. And then, you know, she was like, no. She was like, you sing the school song. She was like, there's no. She was like, you talk about non-negotiables. She's like, that's a non-negotiable. Is you you sing the school song. So. Ever since then, we haven't missed a school song. I will say that. <laughs> we come up to school. Only so to be told find, once. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and the guy and one of the guys that helps me is he's a he's a Narrows grad, and Byron is uh is is a, a, a Green Wave through and through too. He played for my wife's grandfather and talks about you know the pride and and when he speaks about Narrows, like you can feel the pride in his voice when he talks. And and my JV coach uh, Tara, she's the exact same way. They speak about pride. Um, you know, and, and my wife as well. And my brother-in-law, who's the boys coach, it, they, like he was a great player here. And, um, you know, just the pride that these people talk about their school and what it means to them and, and this and that, like, you've got to embrace that. Like you've got to find out because all small schools have something like that somewhere. Um, right. And, and you've got to embrace that and you've got to emphasize that. Um you know, and I think that's number one is you got to figure out what what is the heartbeat of that community, and then you got to go with that. I and I think that kind of as like a point of emphasis to that, I think especially, and, and I'm not saying this isn't the case at, at at larger schools or anything like like that, but I think that if you are considering taking a position at a a small school or at a small school environment, it, it's not. 
just that you're taking a, a coaching position. It's it's like you're 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 taking a, a community position. You're taking a position uh -huh. to be a part of that community, and it and it seems like it's really important that all those coaches are aware that especially at a smaller school or at a smaller town that you are going to be agreeing to being a part of something that's so much bigger than just uh, a basketball or an athletic program necessarily. Oh, absolutely. Like you, like I'm not, I'm not Bradley Sutton, the business teacher at Nares high school. I'm Bradley Sutton, the girls basketball coach at Nares high school. <laughs> um, they, they, you know, and that's just the way it is. And it's the same thing with our football coach. You know, the football coach in our community is a, a, a big figure. You know, it's uh, that's just how it is in those small communities. And, you know, you, you are a community member and you're a community leader. Um, people are going to look to you and your rec programs are going to look to you as the leader of that program for guidance. And and and, and your lower, you know, your kid, your younger people and the people in your community want to want to see you doing good things to promote their community. And if you're not doing that, like, it's not going to be like, you're not going to, you're going to struggle. Like it's going to be tough. Yeah. I uh, know. Absolutely. No, I, I like that point about, especially you're in a smaller community. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, huge, huge city. So when you talk about like a girls basketball coach, you're talking about who knows how many people, but where, where, where you're at in these other smaller communities, there's, it's like the girls basketball coach, right? Or like the football coach. Yeah. Like, there's only referring oh, to one person. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And, and our, and like I said, we're in a town of 2000 people, you know, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not easy to know who, it's not easy to know who people are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not hard to know who people right, are. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, they know, they know that, that that's funny. Um, before we had our concluding segment, I, I this made me think of one last one last question I thought of as a follow up to that, which is uh, what what is the importance you find, particularly in the environment that that you're in, in a smaller environment of uh, working with parents, talking with parents, being in good communication with parents. What what do you find has been the kind of the keys to having those successful parent relationships? I so it's parents, and, and I don't want to call it dealing with parents. Like I'm a parent myself. I understand that I understand parent thought a lot of the times. Uh, I, 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 uh, I try to be, we try to be very transparent. There's times that I could do a better job. Um, and it's one of those things. It's not intentional. It's a, I'm already doing everything else. Like, you, you know, as head coaches, we already ha have so much on our plate that sometimes things just get forgotten. Um, you know, but we try to be very transparent with our parents. Um, and, you know, I, and I listen with an open mind um, when we if we have a parent meeting, you know, this year we've talked about with our kids and I've told our kids, like, if you have an issue, let's come talk about it. Like you come talk to me about it first. And if my mom and dad have an issue, let's let's like let's let the, the child or let's let the athlete come talk first and see if we can figure something out, because mom and dad aren't going to be there forever. You know, you're when you get older in life, like if you have an issue at work you can't take mom and dad with you to work. Like you've <laughs> got to go, you know, you've got to go have that adult conversation with people. And, and, and it's hard at times, you know, it's hard as a coach when, you know, you know, a parent's mad because their kid's not playing and it's not a purposeful thing. It's not a thing where I don't like your kid. It's a, it's a, at the end of the day, our job is to win games. You know, at the end of the day, my job is to win games. Um, it's to teach kids how to be successful and prepare for life and to win basketball games. And that, you know, it's the same thing in life. We don't always get the exact same treatment, you know. Um, and, and 
I, like I said, I try to be as transparent with parents as possible. I used to do the whole, I'm not I'm like, I used to put up this whole wall. And I think at times it, it, if you do that, you're going to get yourself not in trouble, but you're just going to run into issues a lot more. Um, you know, if we do talk to parents, I talk to them, I try to talk to them in a way that like, I understand what they're saying because I'm a parent myself, but I guess as a coach and a parent, it, I guess sometimes I have a little bit different philosophy. Like I, I'm we're very adamant with my oldest son who's in the sports. Like you're coached by who your coach is. Like mm-hmm. I don't coach you. Like, so if we go to ball games, like we go to ball games with my son, I don't coach him from the bleachers. Like I don't, I don't yell at him. Like I yell at him. If I yell at my son, it's from his effort, like his effort or his behavior on the floor. That's what I yell at him for. You know, and he's a 12 year old. So you know how 12 year old boys. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're 12 year old boys and uh preteen boys. So, you know, and that's what I talked to my son about after the games is like, you know, um, is, you know, how hard you're working number one. And I talk about, you know, like all eyes are on you. Um, you know, in your behavior on the court and how hard you play. Like, I don't, I don't ever, we don't, like, I never get mad, like, if he misses shots or he turns the ball. Like, it's, I tell him, like, you know, we turn the ball over 20 sometimes a game in basketball. I can't stay mad about stuff like that. Like, but I, I try to take the approach that, you know, I'm a parent too and I get what you're saying. But I also try to apply it, like, in life, we're all not, we're, we don't all get the same opportunity. Like, there's times that we work our tails off and we work as hard as we can and we don't get, the results we want or what mm-hmm. we're expected to get. And, you know, that that's – it's tough sometimes. It's tough conversations to have. But I also want those parents to know, like, I love your child like this is – like they're my own child. Like when they come with me, like I'm not doing anything to be wrong to your child. I'm not trying to wrong your child. Like your, your, your child is as important to me if they play every minute and if they don't play every minute. And that's, you know, that's also something that, you know, going back to a couple of other questions – about excitement is, you know, we, we celebrate everybody. Like my favorite pictures, I tell the kids all the time, like my favorite pictures are when I get, and the things that we post on social media are of our kids on the bench cheering for each other. Like I love a picture of my kids or our kids in our program standing up on the bench, clapping and cheering each other on. Like those are just my favorite pictures. Um, I love that. You know, and at my old, at my old school, we had a culture wall. Well, here I tape them on their team room door. So they see them as they go in the door. They see them as they go in the door. And, um, you know, they, they take pride in that. Like we, we celebrate each other. Like, and then, you know, I love it when our kids that get in the game late, they get in the game and our kids are over there cheering for them just as hard as those people were cheering for them. Um, that's awesome. And that's, you know, that's, I think, you know, that's something, you know, that going back to the parent thing, that's what I want parents to understand is like your kid just means as much to me as, you know, if they don't play or if they play every minute, everybody's the same to me. Like they're all out there making the same sacrifices every day. Love it. No, that, that, that's great. And I think that, that once parents know that like their kid is going to be taken care of and their player is going to be taken care of, not just as a player, but also be built up as a human being. I think, I think that that's just the best way to work with parents and, and have them on your side. Once they know that they can trust trust you especially when when they when you think about and i think for coaches i know i forget about this sometimes it's just how much time we kind of ask uh the, these mothers and fathers to kind of give up their 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 sons or daughters to us when you think about it it, it is quite a oh, lot absolutely. and that trust needs to be there absolutely 100 percent 
Coach, to wrap up, there's a couple questions I ask every guest. So I'll go ahead and start here with this first one. Uh, when you think back to your coaching career, what what is a moment from your coaching career that you think others listening would be able to learn from? Man, I'll tell you, I've had I've had a few, um, and I'll I'll share a couple instances if you don't mind. Yeah, go for one it. One of the first one, one of the first one that comes to mind. I talk about the job I had at George Witt versus where I'm at now, and I go back and. Like somebody asked me this in a podcast before, um, if there's anything I'd change, and I would probably go back and I would apologize to those kids for my first job because I was young. I thought it was all about winning, improving like what I knew. Um, and, you know, just you, you, all the things that the young coaches can typically, and I'm not saying just young coaches, it's all coaches in general. They, you know, they can you get lost in trying to prove that you can coach and you get lost in the fact that it's relationship based and build relationships with those kids. Um, you know, I, I completely changed after I, I, you know, after that job was over, I went to Pulaski and was there for a year and worked under a really great guy, uh, Buddy Ferris, uh, an absolutely outstanding man, um, very religious man. I learned a lot. Uh, from just being an assistant with him. Um, and it, it kind of changed my thought process. And in my first two years at Pulaski, I was kind of into some different thought processes. And then I started reading more, started reading a lot of leadership books and how to lead. I came from, you know, we all grew up from the old school getting screwed, you know, you got yelled at. Like <laughs> I grew up from coaches, you know, we all grew up in that hard, tough love. <laughs> coaching mentality and that doesn't work with kids nowadays um sometimes the the positive things that a coach says to a kid may be all that they get that's positive for them so it's 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 embracing that and and understanding that it's you've got to build relationships you've got to be able to say i'm wrong you've got to be humble I, i like i said i don't use i a lot. I don't use my, I don't use, you know, me when I talk about our program, because it's not about me. It's about our kids. And it's about the kids that, that sacrifice and the parents that sacrifice to make our kids a part of our program um, is, is something that you learn from. And, and, and I guess the second thing I'm going to talk about is, you know, don't, it's okay to love what you do as a coach. I love what I do as a coach, but I also have a family and I'm not going to slight my family anymore. So funny story I'll tell that, that kind of, I learned from, you know, basketball is a game and life is life was my, the year we were runner up at Pulaski. It was, it was a crazy, like last three games of the year. Yeah. So we played at, at, at Woodgrove High School, which is about four and a half, five hours from us. So we had to drive up there that day on a bus and play. Well, we upset them. They were like one of the better – we played Loudoun Valley, which was like one of the better teams in the state. They were loaded. All senior guards. They were senior heavy, had some studs. And we beat them with a bunch of freshmen, sophomores, a bunch of non-experienced kids. So we come back, and I had to be in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which is about three hours from here. And I got home at like 2.30 in the morning. I had to be back up in in Tennessee for eight, at eight o'clock for my son to play basketball. Um, while we were out there, and I'll try to make it as brief as I can. While we're out there, my youngest gets sick. Like so, he gets sick on Sunday, 
Yeah. On top of us being exhausted from being in Winchester and then coming back and then having to go, you know, uh, another three hours out into Tennessee. So he gets sick on Sunday. So my wife has to leave and come home. And um, I have to get my, my mom has to come pick me and my oldest son up after the tournament's over in Tennessee, which is three hours, you know, as I said. So we come home, we go practice on Monday for our state semifinal game, which was against, was against a district or not a district rival, a rival like our a neighboring county, which is Carroll County High School, another phenomenal program, girls program in our state. Um, so we have to play them on Tuesday in the state semis wow. at, at, yeah, at their place. Well, pretty much their place, the high school over there that was packed at, when we walked in the gym at 530 or five o'clock for a six o'clock tip off, their fans were already packing the gym. Um, <laughs> so it was, so anyways, but anyways, at like one o'clock that day, my wife calls me and she says, Hey, they're putting Carter in the emergency room or they're putting Carter in the hospital. So my youngest son's in the hospital. And my first words to her were, well, do I need to come? You know? And then like, that's as a younger coach, that was not even something I would have thought of at the time. Like that was how selfish I was. Um, but this time I was like, you know, do I need to be there? And she was like, no, she was like, it'll be fine. I'm fine. Um, you know, so our coach, we, you know, we ended up coming out and had an amazing game, punched our ticket to the state championship from there. Um, and I, I spend the day before the state championship game in the hospital with my youngest son. Um, and he's in the hospital, like he had double, like he had flu and strep. I mean, it was, it was bad. Like they had to give him fluids because he wasn't feeling like he was, he had already been so sick. He'd lost so much fluids. They had to put him in the hospital. Um, so then we, you know, I spend the whole day before trying to plan practice, trying to plan a trip to Richmond, which is four or five hour ride for us. Just the whole day. My wife was ready to choke me because I was in a hospital working the whole time and, you know, and, and rightfully so. So we go to the state championship game and I take my oldest son with me. My my middle and my youngest and my wife don't get to make the trip. And that like that was that was tough for me because I know how much they wanted to be there and I know how much I wanted them there. And it was just unfortunate. And you know, and it really opened my eyes on like as important as my job is as a coach, my job as a dad is a lot more important. And and my family deserves as much time because they get robbed of a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, I guess, a lesson that I learned was, you know, don't, it, don't, you know, sacrifice your own family and what they mean to you, you know, for your success at your job, if I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah. Uh, like you said, right. Basketball is basketball, but life is life. I think that's a really, really yeah. good way to put it for sure. You don't just, you, you don't, you don't get that, that time back with, with, with family. No. Yeah, that that never comes back and i think that a lot of people i've spoken to our parents it's kind of one of those situations where that you know they, they you know they they have a kid and then they blink and all of a sudden they're 18 or something and they're out of yeah. the house so uh, I, I, I got a, I, like i said i got a 12 year old who's getting ready to come to the high school next year we can go to work with me every day wow like, where'd the time I, go I, huh I look back, exactly right i look back and i'm like where did the time go like he, it, it's gone and he's getting ready to be in high school. He's going to be an eighth grader next year. And then in another year, he's a ninth grader. I was like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And, and, and unfortunately that's the part that a lot of people don't understand about our, our profession is a lot of coaches are leaving the profession because yeah. of that um, on top of, you know, the scrutiny and all that, but they're leaving the profession because COVID that was a lot of the reason why I left my old job to come here. I didn't realize how much time I was missing, you know, working 30 minutes away and how much time I was missing from them. 
Um, and it really opened my eyes throughout COVID how much I was home with them and, and, and that bond I got to create with them. And, and it's just been really important to me ever since then that I don't take that for granted. Yeah, no, I love that. Coach, to wrap up, I give every guest what I call a, a 60-second soapbox, kind of your platform to kind of get out a, a final message, a closing thought, just something that you just kind of want to leave the listeners with. And I'll kind of let you take that in any direction you want. And if you go over 60 seconds, that's perfectly fine as well. So I'm going to kind of let you take it from here. And and, and and the floor is kind of yours, Coach. Go for it. I appreciate it. And I've thought about this question ever since I've been – ever since you sent me the breakdown. was, I guess my soapbox would be – as a coach, love those kids like they're your own. Um, the more you love them like they're your own and you you let them understand that they are important to you, the more they're going to embrace you and what you're trying to teach them and the more they're going to take that with them when they leave you. Uh, I tell my kids, I tell our kids all the time, my success is not judged by our wins and losses right now. My success is judged by what you do when you become – you know, college students or what you do when you become part of a working force or what you do when you become parents or, you know, how you approach life from here on out. Like, love those kids and let them know that you love them. Like, I tell our kids all the time I love them. And and it's, mm -hmm. it's genuine. Like, and I want them to understand it's genuine because, as we already said in this, those kids make sacrifices. They make sacrifices when they could be at home doing nothing. You know, they could be at home you know, on their phones and everything, but they choose to come out there and be a part of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to build and what you're trying to create. So make those kids feel appreciated, make them feel loved. And the, the repayo you get for five to 10 years down the road will be more important than what you get at the immediate. Mm. Awesome. That was really well said. Coach, I want to thank you so much for, for spending some time talking to us, especially on a game day for you guys today. I, I really Absolutely. <laughs> talking about uh, your program, talk about what it means to, to be successful uh, on and off the court in a small school and environment. Really awesome to kind of hear the great things that you guys got going on with your culture and uh, success that you guys are, are, are finding and have found both on the court and off the court. So thank you so much. Best of luck going forward. And, hey, best of luck today, Coach. Go get them. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Coach. Thank you guys for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.